What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tie the Sports Guy, Episode 2, the AFC and NFC Review. I'm going to be talking about both games, what I thought about both games. Obviously, there were massive controversies in, in both games, mainly in the Saints game. This, the, the Patriots game, I'll get onto that later, but I don't think it was much controversy there. It was just a hell of a game. But if you were sleeping under a rock on Sunday, this is what you missed. That snap. The kick is good. Rams win it. And on to Super Bowl 53 they go. Everyone's tried to play action earlier. I can't see it here. This has to be a run. Second and goal to Burkhead. Burkhead to the end zone. Hello, Super Bowl. New England is heading back again for the third straight year. You mean to tell me Tom Brady is going back to the Super Bowl? Again? Again? Yes, he is. Because he is the greatest quarterback to ever just to ever be birthed, to ever step on a football field. He is undoubtedly, you can't argue anybody else, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Greatest quarterback of all time. And what he did last night was absolutely, or... I'm recording this on Monday night, so it happened yesterday, but you guys will be listening to it on Tuesday. So what happened on Sunday night was just Brady-esque, Belichick-esque. It was amazing. I'm going to go over the Rams and Saints game first, and then I'll move on to the to the Patriots and Chiefs game, which was absolutely amazing. The, the Rams and Saints game was uh, just one of the best games also. It's right up there, but... It had a little controversy sprinkled in there. Just like I said before before I played the clips, you know, the Patriots, that game didn't... It, it had some bad calls, but they were bad calls going both ways. Saints and Rams, we'll jump into that. But first, I'm going to go over my top five takeaways from Sunday. My top five takeaways that when I watched the game, this is the, the, this is the first thing that came to mind. The first thing that came to mind watching the Patriots game was that Julian Edelman just might be the most underrated and overlooked wide receiver in the league. Maybe in history. And not on a Hall of Fame perspective. I keep seeing people post on, you know, on social media, oh man, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. The fact is, he's had only one, I think only one season with eight or more, nine or more touchdowns, and then only two seasons with 1,000-plus yards. Nowhere near a Hall of Famer, so that's out of the book. But clutch, amazing, down the stretch, throw it to him and he catches everything kind of wide receiver, that's him. He might be one of the most clutch wide receivers of all time, just catching everything. And I know Tom Brady throws a perfect ball almost every time right where he needs to, but you still have to catch it. You still have to catch it. And he, if you watch Julian Edelman, they're not cakewalk catches. He's getting obliterated half the time. He's so damn small, and the cornerbacks and linebackers, no one cares about him, so they just try to run over him. And he catches and holds on to almost everything. And on top of that, he has made some wild catches. Should I remind you of the Falcons Super Bowl? Jumping over two people to catch the ball before... Before it hits the ground, that was an unreal catch. He's made those throughout his career, 
and he is still one of the most underrated wide receivers. He's never really talked about, probably because he's overshadowed by Gronk and that, per- that massive personality at tight end. And then on top of that, the Belichick and Brady connection. So he's kind of like the third wheel or the fourth wheel to those guys. So, so I understand that. But still, there's no need to overlook Julian Edelman when it comes to the most clutch wide receiver maybe in history. Number two, sorry Chiefs fans, it looks like Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to have to wait for the Belichick and Brady era to end. If they want to play in the Super Bowl, those two guys are going to have to either be completely out of the league or one of them has to be gone. And mainly it's Belichick that will have to stay and Brady will have to be gone because Brady beats everybody. Belichick's great, but Brady is the the quarterback that puts everybody to rest. But they're going to have to they're going to have to wait. Now, I don't know how long they are going to have to wait. But I think they're just going to have to be patient and load up. And with this whole 200 million dollar contract thing that they're talking about with Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how much loading up you can do when there's 200 million dollars that you just spent on a quarterback. You better hope it pays off. I know he's good. But you better hope it pays off. But this is definitely a dynasty that seems to be firing on all cylinders when talking about the Patriots. I know Brady's old. Belichick's old. They're all old. Gronk's injury prone. Edelman is injury prone. But they still get the job done every damn season. Doesn't matter who. And I don't mean getting the job done of winning the the Super Bowl, but winning the AFC Championship, the conference that they're in, They win the conference championship more than anybody in the league, and they do it with banged-up teams. Last year, no Edelman. A couple years ago, banged-up Gronk. Really, every year, banged-up Gronk. Or or like this year, a Gronk that really didn't play well the entire regular season and then comes out of nowhere and plays amazing in the playoffs. So they definitely get all that. um, They definitely get get a pass with that, and, and they're just firing on all cylinders. It, it, it's amazing to watch. My third is that the, the Rams, now, now stay with me here, especially Patriot fans because you guys love the Patriots and you hate when people compare anybody to the Patriots, but the Rams could very well be the next Patriots-esque dynasty. Not, not anywhere as successful because I don't, in my opinion, I don't think anybody will ever do what the Patriots are doing right now. It will be a long time until we see something like that happen again. But when you talk about uh, Sean McVay, he is an offensive genius. He knows where to place guys. He knows also, especially with Les Smith, the GM, they know how to recruit players and how to put players in the right, right position and sign the players that fit into their mold of what they want to do just like the Patriots have done for so long. And there was, at one time, Bill Belichick had a young Patriots team. The Rams are young. They have a young quarterback that can be molded into something great. They have studs on offense. They have an absolute unreal defense. So it looks like, it looks like the, the, that the Rams are, if, if, the, if everything goes as planned and everybody kind of stays healthy and they can re-sign people and they do well, they could, be the next, they could be the next big dynasty that we see come through the NFL. My fourth one is that this might have been the last 
the last chance that Breeze got at a Super Bowl. This was his best chance to me. Because this was a this was a a year that most of the teams in the NFC were down. The 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 Eagles had injuries. Dallas had some injuries. Chicago came out of nowhere and they were inexperienced. The Packers had just injuries galore and they had a massive disconnect with the head coach. The Giants have had injuries. They're trying to get rid of Eli. Can they find their next their next uh, dynasty quarterback? The 49ers were injured with, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. When he comes back, are they good? And then you also have the wild cards like Atlanta, Carolina, and Minnesota that if they, get, if they catch fire, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. So the NFC, when, when everything goes as planned, it is as healthy. It is dominating. It's the best conference in football with the most heavy-hitting teams. I think this was the last chance the Saints got. I really do. I know they have a great team, but Breeze, some of those passes last night were so bad, you can tell he's getting older. Brady shows it sometimes, but he didn't show... Breeze really showed it last night. There were throws that he usually makes in a sleep. And you look at the, the, the season that he had this year. He had an amazing first 10 games. Nine or ten games to start the season were absolute. They, they, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback. And then the next, like, six, seven games into the playoffs, he has looked horrible. His last six games, he had seven touchdowns, five interceptions, and an 88 passer rating. The first ten games, he had 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 125 passer rating. That is a massive drop-off. And I can only attribute that to age and getting older and slower and not being able to play a, a full season, especially in the physical, physical NFC with, with the physical defenses that they have, like the Eagles and Dallas. I mean, you've got Minnesota. Atlanta's defense is getting better. So, so you, have, you have defenses that it's taken a toll on Breeze, and you can tell. So this might have been the last chance that the Saints and Drew Brees got at a Super Bowl. I think this was their best chance. And number five, I'll talk about it in a little bit and elaborate on it, but my God, I'm not even going to go into this that much. The refs sucked last night. They really, they were awful. And I'm not even talking about the, the most blatant missed call in the history of football. I'm just talking about, I mean, I saw so many hold calls that, and it, it of course, people can say, you can call holding on every play. Yeah, I know you can. These were just blatant. Mainly, Todd Gurley could have been called for three because they, they brought people on blitzes all game long. They were freed up. And Todd Gurley just would, uh, grabbing the, I mean, doing everything. Grabbing inside the jersey, the shoulder pads, in the collar. I mean, it was, it was a mess. I saw three times where they missed calls on that. And just like I said, they weren't even bang-bang plays. And even in the, in the Chiefs and Patriots game, so many missed calls, pass interference, the same play that everyone got mad about with the pass interference on, on Drew Brees, or uh, not the pass interference, the, the roughing the passer on Tom Brady, that same play, there was pass interference on, on Julian Edelman, and no one, no one threw a flag for that. The next play, they're, they're just mauling Gronkowski down the sideline. 
So the refing was for the AFC Championship game and the NFC for Conference Championship weekend. You want the best calls, the best refs, and they missed. They missed everything. I mean, I saw where they were offering eye uh, eye exams to the referees of the Saints game. You might as well do it for the Patriots game too. Pat's Chiefs game, the refs were, I mean, it was horrible. It was really bad. Worst I've seen in a while when it comes to a, uh, a stage like that. You want the players and coaches to perform, but hell, you now we're going to have to start w- hoping that the refs perform as well as the coaches and players do now? I think that's absurd that we actually have to think about that this next year when we get into these big games. But moving on to the Rams and Saints. Let's talk about this game. Number one thing, the, Ram, the Rams took advantage of the Saints' mistakes. And the Saints made plenty of them. They really did. The only mistake I really thought the Rams made was the Jared Goff interception. And that was, what, seven minutes into the first quarter? So you can, you can overcome that hurdle. But man, after that... After the Saints went up 13-0, it's like a, a, a switch flipped in the Rams' mind. For, and it started with Sean McVay and his play calling with Johnny Hecker throwing the fake punt. And after that, the Rams were off and running. The Saints had to play protect the lead, and then they had to play, oh shit, we might not win this game. And you cannot call it. Now... That, that, that missed call was massive. It was. It was the most blatantly, blatant no call I think I've ever seen. It, and it really was. And it's not an exaggeration. It is the worst call I've ever seen in my entire life. But you cannot just blame that. There were, I, I will continue after I, I, we go into Sean Payton and Sean McVay's postgame press conference and listen to them. But the Saints made... Massive mistakes, and the Rams took advantage of them. Let's listen to what Sean Payton had to say. Off the phone with the league office, they blew the call, and uh, man, there are a lot of opportunities though. But that call puts it first and ten. We're on an E three plays, and it's a game changing call, and it's where it's at. So it's disappointing. Credit uh, the Rams; they made enough plays though. They won the game. The kicker made some big kicks. But for a call like that not to be made, man, it's just hard to swallow. And then to get a phone call. Um, someone turn that off a little bit. Anyway, so what do you do? You get, you get back up and you start um, going to work. This will be a tough one for these players, for the coaches. And again, uh, Rams did a great job. It was a well-fought game, hard, hard-fought game. But... Well, uh, you know, really can't say enough about just our team's effort today. So much respect for Coach Payton and the Saints. They are such a tough team, but I've never coached in an atmosphere like that ever. Uh, It was so loud. Uh, You know, we had some communication issues from the start. We've dealt with it big-time adversity, and it kind of personifies what type of team this this has been really throughout the course of the year. Fell behind. Guys just kept competing, uh, kept swinging. 
didn't wasn't always perfect, but guys made enough plays. And then I think really the overtime period personifies what this team's really all about. Defense gets a turnover. Jared makes an unbelievable play to Higby to be able to even get us in uh, under 60-yard field goal range. And then Greg DeLeg delivers in a big way. But uh, just so happy for these players, for these coaches. Um, but a lot of respect for the, for the Saints. And, um, you know, we're excited about getting a chance to move on and, and play in Atlanta. Wow. Wow. Now there was a there were there were some similarities to what both coaches said. And the main one that I picked up on from both coaches were that the Rams played really well down the stretch and the Saints made mistakes and the Rams took advantage of it. That's what they did. Even Sean Payton said it. Sean Payton said the Rams played very well and we made the, we made mistakes. They did. I know the call was awful. We get it. But when you're talking about the game as a whole, they play 15-minute quarters. You have to look at it like that. They have an entire game. You can't just say the missed call. The missed call kept them from winning, yes. But I'll put it this way. The Saints shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. The first turnover turnover of the game happened when Jared Goff threw the pick at the Rams' 16-yard line. Do you know what happened on that drive? The Saints' drive. Three plays, six yards, and a field goal to cap it off. They got six yards from the 16 and had to kick a field goal. You also have Sean Payton going for for fourth down when I thought the first two drives early in the game, very early, first 15 minutes or first 10 minutes of the game, he should have gone for fourth down in the red zone then. But then he waited a couple drives too long and it cost him. But there were just so many opportunities for the Saints to win the game. When they were up 13 to 0, they had chances to get up to to get up 20 to 0. When they were up 13 to 3, they had chances to get up to 20 to 3. So they had so many champ- chances that they just wasted away. So you can't really call it you you really call it a Saints choke. You really do. They choked the game away. If we're going to call a spade a spade, they, they choked the game away. Did the call hurt them and, and cause them not to win at that moment? Yes. But that, just like I said, and at, go ask any coach. Go ask any coach of any sport. You don't want to put yourself in the situation where refs have to make calls. If you're up, step on their throat and keep the gas all the way down and run them out of the building. Do not let them creep back in or bad things will happen and that's what happened but before we move on to the next to talk about the Chiefs and uh, Patriots game let's talk real quick about the Rams CJ Anderson was the leading rusher Todd Gurley got benched he only touched the ball five times four rushes for 10 yards two and a half yards per carry one reception for three yards best running back in the league was non-existent and the Rams won that's scary. And Sean McVay has become like Bill Belichick where he can use so many weapons and he doesn't need you know, massive star power to win the game. Look at the wide receivers. You've got Higby. You've got Everett. Running back. Gurley gets benched. C.J. Anderson comes in and, and plays extremely well. He's been cut twice or maybe even three times this year, by the way. So Sean McVay can... can Plug and play wherever he wants on offense. He's just that kind of coach, that kind of offensive mind to where it doesn't matter who's in the game. 
They're going to play their ass off for them. But lastly, you can blame the refs for the Rams winning, but you cannot get mad at the Rams for hanging around and making plays and making the refs. You, they left it up to the refs. The team that's down and coming back, they want the refs to have to be in that situation. The team that is choking away that lead, they don't want the refs to have to be in that situation to where they have to make a call. So that's my final thought on the Rams and, and, and Saints game. Sorry for all the Saints fans that just, you got screwed. You got screwed by the refs, but there was more going into it. So you just got to open your mind and see that. But before we move on to the Patriots and Chiefs game, real quick, let me tell you about a store here in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Landing, called Final Lap Shop. Final Lap Shop is a vintage sports gear it's a, it's a vintage sports gear store. They, they have fanny packs. They have old hats, sweaters, hoodies, big puffer jackets. They're getting into the shoe game with selling shoes. It's an amazing place down there. The landing needs built, need, they need businesses like this. And when you get a, a, a successful business like this, it, it, it can do wonders for the city of Jacksonville. They also have a lot of clothes online. You can go follow them at Final Lap Shop on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on, on Facebook. They have all of their clothes on there, mainly on Instagram. Go follow them on Instagram. Uh, my buddy Eddie, my boy Ezra, both of them are running a great shop down there at the landing. So go check them out and go buy some stuff from them. Very reasonably priced, good condition clothes. It, it's awesome. They've got some amazing clothes down there. But let's move on to the Chiefs and Patriots game. Did you expect anything different? Did you expect anything different from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? I put 25 bucks on the Patriots money line last night and I was I was I was kind of scared late late in the in the fourth quarter. And especially when D D Ford was offsides and they picked it off, I thought that was going to be game and I just lost Lost my money, but I end up winning. I'm happy, but I, I knew they were going to win. I knew somehow, some way, they were going to win. They're the more polished team, the better coach team down the stretch, better players, better quarterback. And when I mean that, I, I when I say that, I mean better quarterback in the sense of he's been there so many times before. He knows how to win. He knows how to do it. And you also have receivers that have been there. This Chiefs team, if they can get experience and and play in these bigger games in the playoffs, they could be very dangerous. But for now, the Pats are, they're they're the legends. They're the dynasty to beat right now. And until that dynasty comes falling down, I'm not going to doubt them. But until the Patriots lose in an AFC championship game. Just like I said, I will never count them out. They entered the playoffs with everyone doubting them. They rose up like they always do during the playoffs. And again, they are in the Super Bowl. And they're in the Super Bowl due to Brady, Belichick, Edelman, and Gronk. Who do you expect? And the defense was amazing. I have honestly never seen, and this is a year after losing Matt Patricia, they lose their defensive coordinator. I have never seen the Patriots play this aggressive on defense since 
probably the Ty Law and Teddy Bruschi days, back mid-early mid 2000s. I have just never seen a Patriots defense play play this hard and this cutthroat, this aggressive in a long time. And I'm not going to play into the morons saying that they always win because of the refs. Because their offense played flawless, their defense played flawless, and, and their offense didn't play too... Brady didn't play flawless. But when it came down to when it mattered, that's all that matters in sports. That's all that matters. Clutch time. Can you make it count? And they make it count every single time, and they made it count again this year. And that's why they're going back to the Super Bowl. But, um, but just like I said, I'm not going to play into the, to the idiots that say they always win because of the refs. The same, just like I said earlier, the same play that the Chiefs were called for the, the most absurd roughing the passer call, the same play there should have been pass interference on, on Julian Edelman. The next play, Gronk gets pretty much assaulted going down the sideline, and they don't throw anything. The refs were bad, sure, but the refs, let me, let's be honest, the refs were way better than the first game. Refs in the Patriots and Chiefs game, they made some bad calls, but nothing like the first game. But the Chiefs played a hell of a game, and I'm not going to sit here and listen to the people that say that the refs had anything to do with the outcome of this game. I'm not. D Ford lines up off sides. If he doesn't line up off sides, game's over. The game is over. It goes through Gronk's hands, and the linebacker picks it off. The, the game's over then. But it didn't happen. D Ford lines up offsides. And then Brady just goes down. Bing, bing, bing. Edelman, Gronk. He just threw to those two guys the entire overtime. Michelle, James White looked amazing. The run game, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm not a Patriots homer. I really could. I, I like the Patriots. I do. Uh, but I'm not, a, I'm not a fan, quote unquote fan. I'll, I'll root for them. I, I want them to win the Super Bowl. I'll bet on them in the Super Bowl because I'll never bet against the Patriots. But this game has to be the best game of the year. Mahomes and Reed showed, that the, NF, showed the NFL that they're here to stay. They're the real deal. They might have to wait, just like I said earlier in the show. Brady has to retire. They, they will get to the Super Bowl. But just know that they will be right there every single year. Especially once Roethlisberger retires, once Brady gets out of the league. That AFC is going to be open to the Chiefs and only the Chiefs. And by the way, I'm about to wrap it up. I love the NFL's overtime rules. I do. If Patrick Mahomes, and this is 100% true, and no one can, no one can tell me that it's not true. Think about this. Everyone complained that Mahomes never got a chance to drive the ball down the field. Only Brady did. Okay, what happens if Mahomes and the Chiefs win the toss and Mahomes goes down there and scores? Do you think that fans get upset about that? No. They don't question the overtime rule at all if it's Mahomes. But it's the Patriots and it's Brady going to another Super Bowl so all the haters come out of the woodworks to complain about the NFL overtime rule. No one complained about the NFL overtime rule in the Saints and Rams. No one has complained up until right now when it was the Patriots. And man, does that show you some salty people. You're complaining against the overtime rules 
about the overtime rules because the Patriots won, that's unbelievable to me. That is such a sad excuse to not like the NFL overtime rules. But that's going to wrap up my show. Thank you for listening. We went over just a little bit. 30-minute show. That's okay. Um, But remember, check out Final Lap on Instagram and all of that. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'll update you on the shows. Give me criticism. Give me you know, constructive advice and, and tell me what's, tell me what's wrong with the show. I don't want you, I don't want you to tell me what's right with the show. I honestly don't because whatever you tell me wrong, I know the other stuff is probably right or you would have told me about it. So tell me what's wrong with the show, what you want, what, what you would want change, what I could do better to make your listening as easy as it could be. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. We've got the Pro Bowl on this weekend. No one really cares about that because it's a pointless game. But have a great, safe weekend. I'm uploading a couple more podcasts this week, and then next week we will be full swing into the podcasting two to three times per week. Thank you for supporting me, and have a great week.